Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? What the fuckadelics? What the fuck publicans? What the fuckocrats? Whatever. How's it going? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. Uh, I hope you had a relatively decent weekend. I hope you could find some space to have some of your own time and thoughts without the uh without the horror the unfolding horror i'm not saying to have been able to distract yourself per se but just to sort of acknowledge who you are where you are what you can do i I had an email a very brief email exchange with my father I just said, we're. I said to him, I emailed my father and said, we're coming out for Christmas. You guys going to be around. Love, Mark. He emails back. As of now, we're here at Christmas time. So a visit then is good. But big families have unexpected problems. So we will hope for health. Love, dad. Now, that's not an irrational thought. And, uh, you know, he's talking, I think, primarily about his wife's family. Because ours isn't that big, but but it, it's not you know it's a completely reasonable thought to have as an aging person. A guy, my my father's going to be eighty next month, but but do you, do you have to do you have to pre plan? Do you have to sort of make room right now for something that hasn't happened but might happen that is tragic and awful? I, I guess maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that is the most practical approach to life. Hey man. Sure, I'd like to make something concrete. We can put it down, but, uh, you know, the world could be over soon. And I'm exactly like that. But is it irrational to be that way? I don't know. It, It comes down to being in the present, in this moment. What can I do? Am I doing enough? Have I done something? And, uh, can I enjoy this plate of eggs and then do what I gotta do? I, it's, it's tough. So today's show, Anna Ferris is here. Now, I don't really know her that well, but I actually I don't really know her at all, but I did her show. She asked me to be on her podcast, Unqualified, and right away there was an odd chemistry. I'm not I'm not exactly sure what it was, but I think that you you can feel it in this, in this episode, it's sort of in on this show. I I like her a lot. She's I think she's a great comic actress. She's a 
a, a fun person. I like talking to her, but there is a dynamic. It's sort of, um, I'm trying to think, it's simultaneously uh, that guarded but boundaryless. And I, and I think after talking to her, I realized something about myself that I, that boundarylessness, you know, having no personal boundaries when you're going out with it, when you're sort of, you know, breaking other people's boundaries just because it's your nature or when people come at you and you don't really have any boundaries, both of those may be sort of a, a strangely defensive action. I, I don't, I can't really quite explain it. I'm not saying it's a good thing psychologically, but the dynamic between me and Anna is, uh, is interesting to me and it was kind of fun. So enjoy that coming up soon. Another thing I wanted to mention was that, uh, I talked with this director. His name is Ronaldo Marcus Green. I met him uh, a year or so ago in New York. He, he had had a, directed a, a short film called Stop that I saw, and it was a pretty moving and beautifully uh, shot story. Uh, you know, it, it's a, a racially charged uh, in terms of what it is dealing with and what it's confronting, the, 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 but a very subtle and very uh, um, poetic. He's quite a, a gifted director. And I talked to him, and, I, and you'll get to hear that episode in a little while, but I did want to mention that he has a new movie in theaters now called Monsters and Men. And I watched a screener of it. I believe it's out. It's out now. And not unlike David Diggs' uh, blind spotting, it, it sort of confronts uh, the racial reality, African-American reality, the reality of the other, in a very... Uh, compelling poetic and, and realistic way he he calls it a triptych where you're really following three characters around a recorded uh shooting by the police of an unarmed black man and it it is a it it is not preachy it is not sappy it doesn't end with uh you know any sort of idea uh, or or attempt at solving anything but as a piece of cinema, as a as a film, it is it is stunning in its storytelling and its poetry and the way it's shot. I highly recommend that you check it out. It's called Monsters and Men, and and uh, look forward to my talk with Ronaldo. It was, it's his first feature, so he was pretty lit up, and it was a great conversation. We just couldn't get it up in time for the release. And I do want to also say that I think you could still get tickets for my Dynasty typewriter gigs. Uh, these are small, it's a small theater here in LA. It's down in Koreatown, I believe. October 4th, I will be there, uh, 8 o'clock PM and, uh, October 6th, I'll be doing a 10 o'clock show. You can get tickets at WTFpod.com, uh, working out some stuff. So come down if you're in town and you'd like to do that. Okay, great. So a couple of updates, uh, I don't want to leave you hanging like I thought my nail would be by now if you have been listening regularly. I don't know if I'm going to lose the nail. I do know my finger's still a bit purple, but the nail hasn't completely turned black and it feels like it might be reattaching itself a bit, but maybe I'm living a dream. Uh, also, I guess I'll give you a little summary of what I did this weekend because it was kind of exciting. Uh, I hosted uh, the... Silver Lake Conservatory of Music's Benefit. Again, this is the second year in a row that I've done that. Uh, Flea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers kind of was in a pinch last year and he thought of me and I was going anyways because if you recall, 
you know, I, this is one of those stories where it's sort of like, yes, I'm I'm hanging out with interesting people who I respect a great deal. I, last year, I was invited by Randy Newman to hang out at his table with his family, my girlfriend, Sarah the Painter, Sarah Kane. Uh, but this year, Flea just asked me back and he gave me enough of a heads up to do it. It's not an easy gig, but it, you know, it is what it is. You, it's an art auction. You host a benefit. There's a, a lot of uh, rich uh, uh, music related people there not uh, per- artists per se but people within the business and last night was kind of a kind of an amazing night they they did a a, a, a great tribute to uh, mo austin who uh was the uh, head of warner brothers records and and was the guy that championed just you can't even believe the catalog of musicians so he was there and he spoke about the importance of music education lindsey buckingham performed and i if you get a chance to see that you should what an intense uh, performer. And just, just him and his guitar was astounding. I'm actually going to be talking to him at some point. Hopefully that uh, works out. KD Lang also did a set. Astounding. Astounding voice. It was just an amazing, amazing night. Saw my old friend Steve Brill. But the high point, and again, maybe you're getting tired of this already. Like, you know, my little stories with famous people. But um, but this was sort of unexpected and kind of amazing because uh, I didn't even notice this guy was there, and I was talking to a, a sculptor uh, with uh, Sarah, and then uh, someone sees me who's facing me, and, and the guy she's talking to has his back to me, and he's got a hat on, a little cap, and she goes, that's Mark Marin's behind you, and then this guy turns around and goes, holy shit, Mark Marin, and he's just all excited, and it took me like four seconds to realize it was Brad Pitt, and he was like, oh my God. I can't believe I'm meeting you. You know, you just lit up about it. And uh, and I, he goes, I love your show. I love your show. And I'm like, glow. He goes, no, no, Marin. I've watched it. I've watched the entire series twice. And I rarely get that. You know, Marin is sort of a, an acquired taste. It's a little off the radar. It's a marginal project, it seems, because I did it at IFC. You can now see it on Netflix. But in the U.S., you can get all four seasons, it seems, in the U.K. And maybe Canada, you can only get three. I don't. I tried to fix that. I don't know what to tell you. But, but Brad Pitt was exciting. He was talking about the arc of the show and how it started off, you know, finding its footing. And then it got going. Then, you know, season three and four, holy shit. He was naming scenes. And I just couldn't fucking believe it look look he's just a guy but it is brad pitt i'm happen to be a big fan of his i think he's a great actor Uh, i really do and uh but like to see him be the excited one was sort of um i don't know it was nice it was nice yeah i tried to and try i I asked him if he would come on here and he said he's not a very good interview but then he said but you can try you can try so maybe that'll happen uh Outside of that, I, I do think the message of, of last night or two nights ago of doing this thing is you see these kids that, you know, Flea has set up this amazing place, the Silver Lake uh, Music Conservatory for kids of all, you know, it seems like all ages and all economic classes, they have uh, scholarships available and stuff to just learn how to play music and, and a lot of, like you know, like symphony instruments, like, you know, trumpets and violins and cellos. And, and they have this whole school there because, you know, he when he was in high school music changed his life the music program at fairfax high and when uh, the la public schools started cutting the music education it was just sort of his sort of secret agenda in his heart once the chili peppers became huge you know to 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 make make it available and it is important if i hadn't taken guitar i don't know what would have and i didn't take it in school but 
I don't know what my life would have been like because it's a, it's a very important thing, not so much as a job or an occupation, but just to appreciate it and to have that ability to express yourself on any kind of musical instrument, instrument, even if, even if you're not good at it, is a fucking amazingly heart-soaring activity. But go check it out if you want. Uh, Silver Lake Conservatory of Music, I'm sure they could always use uh, donations. There's so many things to donate to to try to uh, keep this a reasonable world. Huh? Right? All right, so right now, um, Anna Ferris is on the show Mom, which is back for its sixth season. Thursday nights on CBS, and also you can listen to her podcast. Anna Ferris is unqualified wherever you get podcasts. This is me and the uh, inimitable, is that the word? Anna Ferris. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get Get your podcasts. And I just had this air put on. I guess. Can I uh, talk to you about the light, though? What do you want? I I, I, I sort of want it a little bit more dim. What are you out of it's, your mind? Yeah, I am out of my mind. But no, truly, that is a bright light. And I, I just came from work. I'm sweaty. Do you want me to... We're going to be in the dark? Is that all right with you? Yeah, let's be in the dark. Mark Barron and Anna Ferris in the dark. It's our new podcast, you, Mark. What happened? Did it go off? No. How about now? Oh. I can't... Okay. Oh, that's great. It's only half dark. But wait. Um, you didn't... You weren't, like, chomping on um, my idea. Of, which idea? It was Ugh. Mark Maron and Anna Ferris. I let you get Look, top billing in the dark. No, I'm into it. I'm into it. I think that, uh, like, when I... W- Still fleshing out the concept. No, I, I like the concept. Is this dark enough? Or I think yeah, it would have to great. be darker. This is great. Thank you. Like, I... If, no, but if we do the podcast, we have to not be able to see each other. Are you cutting all of this out? What do you mean? What do you, I don't know. I have I gum in. I, I just had gum in, and I... Oddly, I was mm-hmm. thinking, like, oh, Mark is going to judge me for having gum in my mouth. So Why would I judge you? I mean, I met you because once. Because you're, uh, I, and I adore you, but you, you can at times be a little bit judgmental. I don't have any, ju- I don't have any Listen, bad opinions judgments. Opinions are good. We didn't really know each other, and we had some boundary issues. I think you and I. I, I like, think we so have too. None. That's, that's really we have interesting. None. Wait, 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 back it up. What do you mean? It's just like I, there are certain people that you meet in life where it's just kind of like, uh oh, we're uh, already know each other for ten years. How did that happen? Like, I just felt like there was a sort of like we were both, our boundaries weren't holding up well. 
Do you think that that's? Wait, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. But I, I we were both think that's kind of a like positive thing. No, there's nothing wrong with it. No, but it was like uh, it was all you know. It's almost like there was a familiarity that wasn't earned, but uh, was there anyways. <clears throat> yes, I agree with you. But sort of. But don't you uh. think that there is a moment with people who with celebrities that you interview and you talk with yeah. that they don't um, that they they sort of finally kind of clue in into sort of the intimacy and they embrace it as opposed to being on the defense well i don't think anyone's on the defense but i think there are people what? that well i mean just even by saying that <laughs> no but I, I i mean like it's occasionally people come in usually people come in here and they know what's up you know what i mean they know we're going to sit here for an hour they've listened to at least one in preparation i don't, I don't get that gift <laughs> yeah so what what usually happens is the trickiest part of it is the public narrative part of it. Right. Is like, is that, you know, are you going to get around that? Like actors are different than writers and they're different than directors. So actors kind of, especially if they have some visibility, they know how to make themselves available in a controlled way. Okay. I didn't feel that with us. I felt like I, it was bordering uh, on chaos. <laughs> I just felt like, is she going to be all right? Who's going to come unglued here first? Are we going to have to pause? Because I think she's going to cry. And I didn't even do anything. Cry. I just was like, it's Oh, God. Um, what? So I have categories. When I podcast. Are you going to tell me about your podcast? This is how yeah, you structure yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Why would well, you start no, no, it? What? Because I wanted to talk to you. Well, I want to talk to you about that, but I want to talk to you about- Am I, Are we do doing my have, show? Whose show are we doing? We're doing combo. <laughs> this is a, oh, this is a this takeover. Is a, this is in the dark with the- <laughs> A new, this isn't a WTF. This is the first, the pilot show, pilot uh, of uh, In the Dark with uh, Anna Ferris and Mark Marin. Okay, but wait, as the original brilliant podcaster, uh-huh. Mark. I don't, well, okay. Yes. I'll take it. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you, can you sort of categorize when, um, like in terms of, you know, a, when you have a stand-up on, yeah. or when you have a director on, right. or when you have an actor uh-huh. versus a female actor. Can I tell the I difference? Have, yes. Like, <laughs> can you anticipate at this point? Do you know what I'm saying, though? Like, what sure. defenses you can anticipate? Well, I, I, I still, like, the other day, for instance, I had Slash come in, and he's very accustomed to people, like, trying to get Guns and Roses dirt. I, I had no interest in it. So, like, when he realized that within the first few minutes, he was like, oh, we're going to talk about guitars? Great. And then all the defenses went away. Right. Uh, generally, people are relatively upfront. I can tell when people are guarded if they're expecting to answer questions. Like, if they don't know enough about the show or they are incapable of engaging in conversation, that's going to be a long haul for me. I'll do it. But, you know, that's usually one way, and it doesn't happen too often, that I don't know if it's defensive or a lack of familiarity with what I do. But if they're sitting there waiting for me to ask them questions, uh, you know, in a way that's like an interview, it's going to be problematic. Yeah. But, you know, comics I have a shorthand with because I, I know, you know, generally the spectrum of, of emotional, you know, like I, I feel like you and I, like I, I don't feel much distance you know, between you and I, whatever, however, you know, mysterious or defensive you may be, I have a sense, <laughs> I have a sense of emotional connection like... with you because I, I'm not sure why. Maybe we'll find out. But uh, I like that. Thanks, Mark. What? What do you like? I like Which that part? you have a connection with me, and yeah. I like that it's sort of. But have you played me? Is that what's happening? I I do think that sort of the 
combination of people who start podcasts no, are both no. egotistical no. and curious, mm -mm. and it's a wonderful combination. And you have nope. a bandage on your finger. No, it's gonna. It's 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 before podcasting. R really? What do you mean? Well, whatever it was, it wasn't. It wasn't relative to podcasting. It may be relative to. I'm being just saying funny we have person. this in common. We had it in common, but it's you like know, narcissism. I got I got to the house that wasn't yours. And, uh, you know, right away. You were away, worried about me, which I guess is a sign of empathy. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, it was sort which of like. Which is rare for you. I, I, I work on it. I, it doesn't come naturally, but I do. I've learned it. How? By listening. Oh, okay. And by doing it, by doing it on purpose, it, you have it. Like, you know, I think you naturally have empathy, but somehow or another, because of whatever you've gone through as, as a person or whatever your life is, sometimes you shut it out because it might be too much for you. If you're too sensitive a person, you know, they're called boundaries and detaching with a certain amount of concern. But, uh, but I always was empathetic, but I don't... I and think, then you lost it? I didn't lose it. I think at some point, like, I, I enmeshed too much with people. Yeah. And then, like, the empathy becomes problematic because you, you stop kind of living your own trip and, you know, you're constantly worried about them, which is sort of a reflection on you. It's complicated. Are you empathetic? Well, yes, I, I I hope so. I hope so. But I feel like that's also a thing that a narcissist. Listen, uh, but what, do, what are you all wrapped up with this narcissism idea for? Do you, has someone called you a narcissist? Oh, oh, I just fundamentally feel it. You do? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but I think do you go to maybe therapy? that's a good sign. Do you go to therapy? No, I I come here to your house. You've never gone to therapy in your life. Oh God! Yes, yeah, I have, when and it was it was uh, it was a. I went a couple of times, yeah. and it was sort of traumatic. Traumatic? Yeah. The therapist, or what well, came up? But okay. It shouldn't be a traumatic. You shouldn't leave therapy going like, that That person is dangerous. Well, I don't know. <laughs> so I came from a family where therapy was viewed as um, an indication of severe mental illness. What are you talking about? I, th what, 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 I know, and it wasn't until I moved to L.A. that people are like, no, everybody's Everyone's mentally yeah, ill yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Edmonds, Washington. I was born in Baltimore and grew up in Edmonds. Edmonds? Edmonds, Washington. Where's that? Just north of Seattle. Oh, so up in, the, uh, research. up in the gray place. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Place of gloom what do, what, and doom. What do you want me to just read your biography to you? Yeah. What do you mean you yeah, don't think I, I do my I would, research? I, I want to like hear that. it yeah. from your from, mouth. Yeah. Uh -huh. So what am I getting? Is this uh. how you would conduct an interview? Like, so yeah. you grew up in Edmonds, Washington. Now, <laughs> yeah. what is that about? I, I read that on the internet that you grew up in Edmonds, yeah. Washington. Yeah. So we don't need to even ask that yeah. question. Do you know what we were? Our high school mascot? No. The Rainbow Warriors. Really? Yep. How is that? Was that a progressive this thing? This is kind of a boring story. No, it was because two high schools combined because we didn't have the school district have enough right. money. So we were, yeah, I know. So it's like, so Edmonds, but you, you know, moved You moved to... Green. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I went to University of Washington, then moved to LA. Hold on a minute. Yeah, what? What we're talking about here... <laughs> you still haven't told me about the bandage on your finger. This, this happened this morning and this was traumatic. But I know, it, are you okay? I don't know if I'm okay. I think I'm going to lose the nail. <laughs> But that's funny, and you have empathy. I think I'm going to lose. I just think that it's one of those things what? that everyone is going to look at, like when you're at Ralph's or you know at CVS. Uh -huh. They're going to notice the nail, but not say anything. What do you mean? You lose it afterwards? Well, yeah. when, when my nail turns black, I've never lost a nail before. Have you ever smashed your finger and lost a nail? No. Okay, so where are you coming from with this? You're just mocking me. You're saying that <laughs> no. eventually when your nail looks all festery and gross that people are going to be staring at it and not going to be able to see me for who I am. 
<laughs> so my my question really is about what kind of like who were your parents? What did they do that they would you know put a a, a sort of some sort of wall up around therapy that that it was. Was it a public standing thing or a principal no, thing? No, no, I think it was just something that I grew up in a community where that wasn't really done. I what mean, we didn't what have, community? Like, what did your dad do? Uh, my dad's a professor. Of what? Uh, sociology. And he doesn't believe in therapy? No. And what about your it's mom? that he doesn't believe in it. No, it, it, my mom uh, worked at uh, my elementary school for a while, but she was a stay-at-home mom. and, and She taught? No, she. well, essentially she did. She um, taught... Uh, English as a second language, uh-huh. and uh, but these seem like progressive mostly, people. They are, and they, they didn't know you had a problem early on. Fuck you, <laughs> Mark Maron. Fuck you. Of course they knew. <laughs> Don't you underestimate my parents. <laughs> they couldn't see it early on. <laughs> they were like, "Bye, go to L.A." <laughs> but see you later. Well, you have siblings. <laughs> I have an older brother who's also a sociologist. A sociologist. He is How the does... fourth generation sociologist. Like apparently the world's only fourth generation sociologist. I'm very proud of this. So, but they they just teach it to people, and it becomes part of an education in a broader education towards something else? Yeah. Or is there a job Listen, for a sociologist? We are in professions where we are fascinated by our own selves, right? So that's why like, we're in the entertainment industry because we cannot get enough of our own stories, our uh-huh. own whatever. Really? And yeah, we are, what the fuck? We are, this is what we're doing. I know people, I tend to believe that people like to talk if you give them the opportunity. Yes, I, and I think that yeah, outside of people that are doing something selfless and important, most people will yammer on about themselves if you yeah. indulge them. And we like to see stories about each other. I mean, we're fascinated by our own selves. I can't think of, I don't know. <laughs> are you hosting a documentary of some kind right now? Yeah, right now. <laughs> the, the cameras are right behind me. And now it cuts, it cuts to me talking about something. We're fascinated by our own selves. Example. It's a sociology but that, study. But isn't that the thing about comedy, though? And you know this like, better than anybody, that the, the sort of the theory behind comedy uh-huh. is that it's like the familiarity. You're getting bored. No, so we, what do you mean? The theory behind comedy. Because when somebody says, uh-huh, they're getting bored. No, I'm, I'm, losing I'm, listening, I'm losing you. No, I'm listening to you. I'm just trying to- Stay like, with me, Mark. I'm right with you. <laughs> familiarity how? Well, when you make a sort of an obscure observation mm-hmm. on um, something that isn't necessarily commented on frequently, yeah. it, it bonds an audience. Oh, and no, okay, yeah, I see that. But that's just a material. What what makes somebody want to be funny? I, I don't think it's a familiarity. I think it's a, a need for connection. No, a need for connection okay. of some kind. Uh, yeah, I think that there's something very rewarding a, 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 about making someone laugh. Of course. So when did you start uh, knowing that you had this need to entertain people and make people laugh? Was it very young? So your parents, they didn't send you to therapy. They were like, maybe we should guide her somehow with her creativity. Should we call my parents right now? Yeah. I wish you want me to hook up the thing. <laughs> no. So <we> can... <laughs> no, I don't. Um, no. I, well, I, I, and I know this doesn't sound relevant, but I was a really short kid. Short. Short. I was like physically very short. I was for, by far the shortest in my class. It was like really for how long? Oh, till I was maybe a junior. And senior oh, that's in when high you, you grew up. Yeah, mm. my and mom was always. How like, did that affect your mom? Was well, what? Be, my me. mom was always like forcing me to drink milk, which you know. Did I mean, that, do you think that did it? I do in a weird way. Really? Sort of. I don't know. Listen, yeah. 
that's that's a, that's a boring conversation. Yeah, not really. Don't be so judgmental on yourself. So what is short? No, I have, have more to do interesting with... things to say because I'm not okay. judgmental. Okay, I just Listen, know. What? I view myself in a very very fine light. Really? How long did that take? <laughs> <laughs> When did that happen? Was that junior year too, or maybe last year? I can talk a big game, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I uh, be, and I, I was always a really quiet kid. Really? Yeah, you probably. I'm sure you were a quiet kid. Yeah, but quiet Most because I was are. awkward. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I had gear. I like had it. like I had the kind of nipples that were sort of like like no breast, just yeah. like sort of. I don't mean to be... Why, what does that have to do with... Well, because I just wasn't... I, I just always felt like an outsider. Mm-hmm. I wore a training bra that I did not need. Okay. As, like, whatever. Anyway, but, that's a whole... Listen, this is... That's just ah, to get you used to the class. Yeah, I can't get in... This This is the fucking clickbait that I was driving over here, and I was like, what is going to be the clickbait that I say? I put my foot in my mouth. Why do you think now that you're, like, such like, a, a, a uh, like, one of those people that they're always looking for clickbait for? Is it because of your relationship with your ex or because of you? Do you think they are? What do you mean? I don't know if people are looking for clickbait for you me. You brought it up. Right? I, mean, I know. And when well, I, if I Google last, you, there's like nine my, things. On my feed, like, uh, like uh, you know, your great interview with Kristen Bell and Mila Kunis, and it's like there's those splashy things yeah it's like well you know that and if i say something right now oh, I see. As yeah, an they're example, a little hard. it's harder for actresses man yeah it is thank you for saying that you know it's like i can't believe what they did with that yeah the Kristen bell and the mila kunis it was just they take things out of context they don't listen to the whole thing they i don't think they necessarily well they i think that they did create a moral sort of dilemma there the clickbaiters I uh, and I just yeah I so, think that my least favorite job would be a clickbait writer. Well, that's what they all do, and it's like yeah they they're they're a little morally reprehensible, and a lot of times. Um, but they're listening to your show. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just thanks, I, clickbaiter. I think sometimes their editors do that too. Yeah. Like that's just to probably to get people to the thing. Yeah. But but you being short and socially awkward. Oh yeah. Um, so anyway, I I explored. Uh, I I did dramatic theater. Um, when you were in, a kid? Yeah. How old? I started when I was nine. When I say that, it it's annoying that it sounds yeah. impressive to me. Does Why? it sound impressive well, to I mean, you? I, w- were you doing like <laughs> Equus at nine? I mean, or I Shakespeare did, at nine? Or well, were you doing grown-up parts you, or nine-year-old parts? I was. I my first uh, my first gig was uh, an Arthur Miller play called Danger Memory at the Seattle Repertory Theater. Yeah. And uh, you directed that. I uh, can't remember. Mm-hmm. He was highly qualified, I'm sure. Yeah. And you played the kid? I played the kid. That's <laughs> yeah. right. At <laughs> 200 bucks. Yeah. Bought myself a piano phone. And, uh, but anyway, so I, I, but I was a quiet kid, and I, but I did do uh, theater outside of school, and that, that meant a lot to me. And when it, did you first do it? Like, what was, what, what was the feeling? How did it get you out of yourself? Do you know, I mean, like, why did you lock into it? If you were like socially awkward, could you feel I the transformation? I yeah. another character. You did? I mean, you must feel that way, right? I'm painfully stuck in my own character, <laughs> give or take. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm not taking, even even in my powerful acting roles, it's oh, not like it's funny. a real, uh, you know, like it's it's not a total departure. It's just a, a confinement, a turning off of a few things. That's funny. Like I got a lot of things going on all the time. And when I have a character to play, even if it's me on stage, I'm like, I'll turn that off. I'll turn this off. This part's not necessary. 
Then we'll just offer that part. Because for me, the escape was always through another character. I liked, I didn't, I wasn't great at like public speaking. Like I went to my 20th reunion and people remembered me as being a really quiet person in high school. And and that's how I felt. But my escape was through somebody else's words and somebody else's character. But um, which is why comedy has been an odd journey for me, I think. Yeah, well, you're you're very naturally funny, but like I, <laughs> I, I understand. Idiot, huh? No, I don't think you're an idiot. Thanks. I mean, I don't really either. That's one of those narcissistic, like self-deprecating things. Yeah, I'm People. glad you're catching yourself <laughs> and saying it as you do. Please, every time it happens, go like, "Oh, that was just me doing something." So you you've chosen the large pencil. Oh, I really like it. Do, has do <laughs> other people? No, I've not seen anyone take the large pencil out of the lizard cup and started playing with it. Did you notice the lizard cup? Listeners, this is a really good pencil. I oh yeah, love a lizard. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, okay, so let's get back to this. Yeah, is it that and interesting? To, I don't know if it's that, whatever. It, right. it, to answer your question though, I don't ever escape from myself. Really, I mean, I can do it when I play guitar, but when I do stand up, it's con- it's controlled in a way because I I know the parameters and the the skill set involved, and it's it definitely, but it's hyper present. There's no escape, you, you know. And when I do like acting, which I've done a little bit of, I don't necessarily feel like I'm escaping, but I do feel the comfort of not having to use my own words, and that there's a you know I'm wearing different pants than I would, not not that different, but 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 yeah. <laughs> What's like the most awkward wardrobe you've had to wear? Uh, uh, a sock over my... Over your... Yeah. My na- nakedness was the most awkward, I think. How did that make you feel? Exposed? <laughs> well, they shot... They took... It was uh, and it was my butt they were just going for. They got it. They got my butt. I just felt like it was something I needed to do. Did if they I, close the set? Wait, oh, sorry. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. You were about to say something interesting. It was well, all the women on Glow signed the, you know, the release that they would do have to might have to do nudity. So I felt like I had to, and you know, I was just hoping it wouldn't be the front. Not that you know, I just don't need that so meme you're, out like, there. Fighting for women's rights, by right? Yeah, I was fighting for women's rights, but saying that like I'd be more than happy to show my ass on camera. But <laughs> if we could stay away from my dick, that'd be nice. You know, not not because I'm not proud of it, but just because I don't need that meme out there for the rest of my life. I, I just do you have any I, memes out there that you wish you hadn't no 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 I just want to go back to um, the not the caveat of not because you're not proud of it <laughs> <laughs> well I don't want to sit here and go like you know oh my I don't really like my <laughs> you, oh, my, yeah. um, no it's not it's fine oh, yeah. no it's, it's I'm sure it's got you, I'm sure you must be proud of it <laughs> it you know it does the job <laughs> it, you know it, it's good at you know, doing sure. both things it has to do sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's, you know, it, I, it's not unusually, you know, it, it, you, people don't look at it and go like, oh my God, how do you, how do you even manage that thing? And they it's don't. It's like and, a solid 3.6. No. <laughs> oh, sorry. 3.8? Magna cum laude. Are we talking? Uh, listen, I don't what know. What are we doing, morning radio? No, no, I don't know. I don't know. It's, you started hey, this. Hey guys, it's Zing Zang and the <laughs> yeah. Bing Dong. How do you measure it? Uh, you know, how do I even say it? Do we I, got I, Anna Ferris on the line yeah. right now. We're talking flaccid versus Whoa, hard. Yo, what's up? You're how promoting do you mom. It? Yeah. 
How you doing this morning? Pretty good. We were just talking about dick size over here. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh hey, hey guys. Good morning. <laughs> I I uh, I'd love. So I Anna, was, like, yeah. what's uh, like? Is there one that's uh, too big? Is there uh, ever one that's too big? Oh well, <laughs> that's a question that you know I ask my oh, vagina sorry. all the time. Oh, <laughs> you know, that's so funny. Yeah. You're so funny uh, well, on all yeah, those thanks, shows yeah. and movies. Oh thanks. Yeah thanks. yeah yeah. yeah. Well, so uh, what are you doing in town? Oh well, uh, I'm promoting uh, Mom. Oh. Uh, the show uh, that sure I that's that on... show where you play the yeah. screwed up girl yeah I sure yeah. do I sure do what's I the mother's do. name uh, well Bonnie no and, no the, uh, uh, the actress Allison Jan oh she or... wins awards oh, yeah, I like no, her she, she sure was does. in the uh, oh, ice yeah. skating movie oh yeah she was great she yeah, was great yeah. she was a lot of fun well you're doing a great job on that oh, you've got a daughter you. on that yeah, do you have kids do. that age or well no no I don't but yeah how old is your kid you've got a kid I do I do he's six oh how's Chris doing how's Chris yeah you and Chris Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we're great. Everything's Uh great. You know, I just, I, uh, you know. Great talking to you. We got to go to break. We're on with Anna Ferry. (laughs) There you go. You're good at that. Yeah. So that's it. Nice talking to you. (laughs) Bye, Mark. (laughs) So the acting thing goes from nine all the way through? Or did you have... He kind of. I quit uh, when I was in college um, because I just th- I thought it was so unrealistic. And what'd yeah. you study? English. And your brother's <laughs> off doing sociology. Your yeah. dad's a sociology professor. Yeah. Your mom's at home. Yeah. Telling you don't need therapy. That's weak. But they were always they were always really supportive. My parents always. Were they conservative? I mean, like, why? I don't understand the no therapy thing. I understand the community thing. You don't want to get a reputation, and the therapist probably your dad's friend, and there was only two to choose from. And no, you no, no. But there wasn't any like therapists in my. I mean, nobody in Edmonds. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe there, there there were, but I, I. Not that you need it. I'm I'm just curious. No, I totally about it. need it. Yeah. Did you I need it then? Need You're it. socially awkward. Probably, but maybe it wouldn't. You living have, in a fantasy uh, world. Gotten me to where I right. am. Right. That's true. No, I get that. <laughs> On the hit CBS show, Mom. Yeah, it's a good show. <laughs> Thank you. And I, you know, and, and like I don't necessarily. I think it's a hard uh, form. The three camera. Oh, it is, isn't it? It's well, it's weird crazy. because I haven't watched them that much, but I recently watched something just by coincidence that that uh, Chuck Lorre had done with Alan Arkin and um, Michael Douglas, yeah, which is a, the, not a three-camera. Uh, Kaminsky method, method which, yeah. which is written like Chuck Lorre writes. But my, my observation was, you know, everyone condescends a bit to three cameras, and, and it's often talked about, like, you know, are, are, are three cameras still, like, is that form even, even though there are a lot of them on, and many of them are hugely popular, like your show, there is sort of this notion that, it is a bit of a vaudeville. You know, it is a joke-to-joke vehicle, right? But I had this realization watching your show the other day. What, what was it? It was that for them to work, it, the characters have to be very well-defined and very well-performed in order for the sort of emotional spectrum to really be effective, you know, as, as a viewer, for me to be moved or engaged. Because if you really look at the writing, it is like there are a lot of jokes in there. And that's a certain way of doing dialogue. I mean, it's a way we're all used to, but if it's not done perfectly, it could, you know, really land shitty. It's so deceptively difficult. Right. No, and I think you do a great job. It's very funny, and I care about you. Thank you. And I understand your problems. (laughs) Thank you. The character. The character. I I love doing it, and I love the people I work with, and it is... is, 
it's deceptively difficult because, and this is the minutiae of it, yeah. but uh, because the um, the volleying and the, the ping pong effect yeah. and the truly the rhythm of the dialogue right. is, is, see this is what I'm saying, it's, it's boring. But It's not boring, would you just talk? God. Seriously. Now I'm going to have to like take control. The youth is you, we, cool. You've tried that here. already. Go Can ahead. You give like a gift to every What? Uh, yeah, maybe. Gift? Maybe you'll get your oh. gift. Not the knife. Can I have, I, I have no, mugs I, I give knife. people. No, I want the knife. No. I have an amazing knife collection, you by do? the way. You I have do. a knife collection? I do. Why? Uh, when did that start? Oh, this is a good one. It is? Where'd you get this? What is it, a buck? No, it's a it's probably it's a Kershaw, and it's made in Japan. And I think this is a famous knife maker. Who really? Gave this to you? Let me see it. No, now, now I know. How, no. how do you know that stuff? Because I have a, an amazing knife collection that I spent a weird amount of money on the first season of Mom. You just bought a knife collection off somebody? Y- well, yeah. Off of who? It was this guy that died, and Shelley his daughter Berman? was. Was it Shelley Berman? I had all these amazing knives. That it, Shelley Berman, um, the comedian, had a lot of knives. Because I always thought if you know if I were to. <sighs> A weapon of choice. Yeah. Guns are tough for me. Yeah. But I always felt like a home invader. Right. So a, you have a knife. So what would you use? Do you have them hidden all over the place? Cause kind like, of. You do? I sort of do. I'm not, but I'm not a very paranoid person. I don't like to live in paranoia. But you just. See, I don't need therapy. You no, know, but you, <laughs> you did buy a knife collection. Yeah. And, and you think that's a good one, that one? Yeah, this is an amazing one. Who really? gave this to you? Someone left it in my old apartment. What? A long time ago. I was just like, great. I feel like that you know who this someone is. I do. Sure. Let me see it. No. Oh. It but was wait. a woman who was subletting my uh, apartment. I knew it was a woman. No, she was subletting my apartment in New York. So, and she's a little bit crazy. No, I think it was her, like I think this. it was her boyfriend She or wants something. this shit back, man. Why, I never, this why do. This is good. It's got heft. To, have you not appreciated this? It's got some weight to it. Uh, Let me see. I'm hesitant to hand it over. Did the knife fascination start when you were younger or it just new? No, I always like because I was short. Getting back to that, yeah, <laughs> I was feisty. Yeah, and have you done knife work? Have you trained? No. Oh no, should I? I should maybe. I don't. No, know. I don't know. What, it what seems is knife fin- work? What does that mean? Why? Well, there's some there's some skill set to all weaponry. I would imagine that you know if you were going to get in, like, have you ever have you ever done West Side Story? That might. <laughs> like, you know, I can, the dance can, can I be a, the knife can I be a jet? A, yeah. I and, can be a jet. We're going to do like a female version. Like, but don't they all have knives? Aren't I don't want to be around? Maria. No. I, I, no, I want to be a jet be... or a shark. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When you're a jet, you are always But aren't they holding knives when they do cigarette that? cigarette to your last dying day. Yeah. So the knife collection. So you were short. I was an insecure. Yeah. Um, until, and I still am, but. But insecure, I think, until college, maybe. And what? then yeah. I felt like I got to reinvent myself. As an English major? <laughs> does everyone like go through? They, everyone goes through that. Like when I, you start I, something well, new you can at sort that of like age. Uh, try did, did you have that? Well, I, did, I think I was aspiring. Like I, I would always look outside of myself for like, you know, how do I dress? What should I like? You know, I didn't know. Like there was, it was usually not stars or anything, but it was like cooler kids in school. Like I remember when I made the choice just to wear a Hanes pocket tee colored with a flannel shirt because uh, Jay Fegan did that. And I thought like that's a pretty cool way to be. Just a flannel shirt and the t-shirt under it, jeans. Can I ask what year this was? Probably sophomore year of high school. Okay. Um, And then at some point I, I shifted. I decided only button down shirts and perhaps a cap. And that was because of a, a cover of a Tom Waits record. I'm like, that's pretty good. I should always, and I would take them to the cleaners and have them starched 
Wow. Yeah. That is like premeditated casualness. I don't know. They made them really stiff and weird, but I like getting my shirts back in a box. I went through this this period in, in when I was a freshman yeah. at, at University of Washington, and uh, where for the first time I felt like I was kind of getting some attention from guys, uh-huh. and uh, I dressed insane. Yeah? Like, I wore tiny little plaid skirts yeah. and, like, thigh-high stock like garter yeah. belts wow. and like big like Doc Martin boots yeah. and I would stomp yeah <laughs> yeah you're getting into it <laughs> but, I'm just getting the look around like I didn't know whether you were going time, with like you know kind of no I looked like I was 14 but not in a cute way and uh, but but for me it was like this moment where I felt it was such a transition of yeah. like okay I resented guys for looking at me yet I craved it so much and I went from being like plaid, plaid shirted yeah. in high school to suddenly like, oh, I want to, f- like, I'm, I'm getting sort of a rush off of um, this newfound identity. Yeah. Even though it wasn't me at all. I wouldn't. I, I, it was sort of punky. Yeah, but but, yeah. It, but it still wasn't me. It was still like consistently pl- like playing another character, sort of. Did you and do you know where you got the look? Was it just around or were, it was just you, around? Yeah, it was just around. Doc Martens, plaid skirt. I remember yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And How long did that last? Oh, maybe like three or four weeks. That was it. Yeah. What was the next shift? The next shift, I became. Uh, uh, I think I sort of. Became in, like more introverted again. Oh really? Like jeans and oddly smelling polyester vintage T-shirts. Oh, you know how there's that specific sh- smell. Like. Yeah, that one. It's like it's dry clean sweat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like <laughs> dead person. Kinda. But yeah, the thrift store thing. I don't know when I stopped doing that, but I stopped doing that. Just that feeling on your hands when you go shopping there <laughs> when you leave, mm-hmm. and you take that the jacket. Yeah. But I think it's a confusing thing for anybody, but. Yeah. But especially that I remember feeling very angry at people looking at me when I dressed like that, which, of course, is like, well, I'm dressing like some kind of weird, like, I'm clear, I clearly want attention. Right. But yet I was angry at people for giving it to me. And so I had to have sort of a, like, I still sort of grapple with that kind of that kind of shit in my you mind. Do? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if men go through the same thing, but I think women do. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, I never know why women are looking at me. <laughs> it's like, I, I generally in my life, it's not been because I look at that hot dude. I, I usually assume it's sort of like, what's his problem? He seems a little needy. Why is he looking at me like that? You know, what? <laughs> like, I know I've never had the feeling. I never assume it's desire. <laughs> I always feel like it's like I always feel like it's something I should apologize for, which would only make it weirder. Are you good at unnerving eye contact? Um, you kind of look like you are because I do remember in our podcast um, when you came on my my podcast that you, we had like there was a moment where it was like there was like a nerving eye contact between me and you. Yeah, what was that about? I don't know. You tell me. I felt like you initiated it. I don't know if that's true. See, I, I think you're still okay. trying to put most of the uh, the uh, burden on me for whatever happened on your podcast, but uh, it takes two to you like, I'm just so worried about her. <laughs> well, no, I just like you were like, it was just sort of, look, man, some people, you're kind of like, they're, look, you're kind of like um, whatever you can, however you fool most people. 
that's fine. That's how you get through life. But like sometimes people have a vulnerability to them that you know other people can see. It's almost like uh, like a, a secret society of uh, insecure people. <laughs> Like, and every once in a while you come upon them and you're sort of like, all right, we can't talk <laughs> yeah. for too long because it's too fucking weird and I don't know why and I got to go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know you and it's just weird and I got to go. And that's just because there's a vulnerability that you can't hide from certain people because some somewhere along the line they've got the same uh, but, portal that you but don't do. you think that exactly but don't you think that that's ex- you 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 framed it sort of perfectly but isn't that why you started a podcast is sort of like the sort of i know it sounds grandiose but the idea of human exploration kind of i mean why did you start yours for that for, well for a number of reasons i really wanted um I wanted a sense of control of my own narrative but but more what, career wise or in general i just in, in general I, but i I also, I, I, you know, I really wanted to talk to strangers without um, a celebrity element. Uh-huh. I, I, that sounds so, whatever. Well, you wanted to pretend Lucky. like you're a normal person. Well, <laughs> I wanted to. I want, I'm, I'm a curious person. I yeah. wanted to. Um, I wanted to talk to people, and so I thought, well, you know, I want to talk to people about the relationships. Because I felt like I was constantly finding myself in airports, like talking to strangers about, and and I'm not great with small talk. Yeah. Um, right. So what? They just approach you because they knew who you were, or they didn't know who you were, and they were, you were just all of a sudden talking about their relationship. Nah, like yeah, I would. It, if somebody approached me, I would be, I would be like, oh, thank you, you know, whatever. And I and I felt grateful, but then it would be like, okay, so wait, where are you guys going? Where? So wait, is this your girlfriend? What? Like, what's happening? Or uh, like, like I, I wanted to always. I just wanted to know things about people. I wanted to feel um, like I. I wasn't in. That's also why I do, like. I have a bit of a news addiction. Yeah. Because because it makes the world me, is ending, and you want to try <laughs> it to stay on top of it. Unbelievably depressing. Yeah. But, but because living in LA made me feel like everybody that I know is in. We're sort of in this Hollywood bubble, and there was a relief thinking about uh, grander things, and whether that's like. You know, you want to know things. That's the point. I want to know things. You're, you're curious I want to mind. Know things, and you want to talk to people about who they are. Yeah, my. my I want to give people advice as well. Right, that's really fun. Can I give you? Some that's like that's a, that's a <laughs> unqualified, right? Yeah. You give advice, but you're mm-hmm. not really qualified. Mm-hmm. You want to give me advice already? Yeah. What advice do you want to give me? No, no, we have to ask a question. Think well, of I a have question. to ask a question. Yeah, yeah. Think of a question. Uh, about a general question. No, it has to be relationshipy. Oh, it has to be relationshipy. Yeah. Um, so, is there like, do you think that people can get better if they've had, you know, if they have had dramatic, sort of troubling relationships over and over again? Do you think that eventually they can have a healthy relationship, um, even though it doesn't feel the same as the troubling, dramatic relationship? Okay, well, Mark, let me ask you a couple questions. Uh-huh. So, do you, so do you get like sort of a euphoric sense off of a troubling relationship? Like, does it give you sort of the highs and lows that you're craving? Not anymore. Okay, not anymore. Um, so, uh, do you ever find like that? Okay, I know that you are not drawn. I gotta go. So, she's coming. 
Oh, she's mad. <laughs> okay, so you are drawn to. Well, listen, we're. No, no, uh, I'm, not, like, I'm in a good relationship right now. You? Yeah, great relationship. I think that I've I've never really been. I'm not a fighter. Mm. I'm not a fighter. I I get. Did you date guys that were fighters? Yeah. Mm. And what uh, happens? You just cry or? No, I don't fucking cry. Oh, there Who you the go. fuck do you think I that am? That sounds like you got a little fight in you. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is up with you? Uh-huh. There you go. Um, <laughs> I thought you just said you weren't a fighter. And all of a sudden, I feel like we have a problem. No, no. <laughs> but, but 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 it is like, like uh, I I get exhausted easily. Yeah. You you know what I'm saying. Sim keeps telling me that I'm like a dude, which I, I take as a compliment, even though the feminist in me doesn't want to. But I think what he's saying is that um, I don't, I just don't seek out um, unnecessary, well, well I, I don't seek out conflict, probably to a fault. In fact, I know to a fault. I've been told at work that um, I should be more, I don't well, know. Speak up for yourself? Yeah, but I also feel like, but why? I don't have a problem. Yeah. I got my grilled cheese. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, I, but you don't want to be taken advantage of. Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't feel that way. Good. And I think also that's what the podcast is also, like, it's just, it's, yeah, it's people made me like feel, it. it makes me feel, it's also an intimate forum, as you, of course, you like, yeah, we're came sitting up here in the this. dark. Yeah. But you, you have a couple other where, people around, uh, where, which is nice. Where a celebrity feels safe for the mm. most part. I don't know mm. if I always make them feel safe. Do you feel like you make your guests feel safe? Yeah, generally. I mean, like, I mean, I don't know. Of course, I, I think they feel safe. Yeah. I mean, what do you mean safe? Like when you say well, that, who's going to walk into your house and be like, nah, I'm nervous, I should have brought people with me? No, 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 well, yes, that's part of it too, but but like when you go on a talk show, it's like, yeah. okay, you've got six minutes to sell some sort of manufactured, right. like s- sort of manufactured story that right. you hope lands and, um, it, right. and the, the performance element and, yeah. and it feels good to have uh, an intimate format that where you're not being recorded visually right. and... Um, and you know you can oh definitely yeah yeah there's yeah, it's you can still relax. a long format yeah well for me I I want I got into it primarily because I didn't know what else to do my my life had hit a wall and uh, you know I'd done some radio and originally it wasn't an interview podcast so much it was there was a lot of different elements and then it sort of leveled off but it, in retrospect I I liked I had a lot of resentment and cynicism and bitterness and not unlike say a 12-step program where you know the the this sort of there's a premium on talking to another person so you get out of your own head and i think a lot of what i was doing was you know getting out of my own head and listening to other people's stories and and their wisdom or their so you experiences think you oh definitely i, I had to learn <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was a little rib i'm sorry no, i know i know oh. <laughs> Why well, I, I listen, but like no, you do, tricky. you do. I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, I interject. I'm a jerk. Your listeners are going to think I'm a jerk. No, I interject a lot sometimes, but that's usually just because I want to keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're amazing. I mean, you truly created this whole thing. I didn't create interviewing or talking. To we people. should all give you a cut of our the ads. Yeah. That no, no, you you do your own thing. I'm happy I helped out in any way that I could, but so you. You're nice wearing, transition. You're wearing um, combat boots, Doc Martens. They're not Doc. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
and you're running around, around in the, in the plaid skirts and yeah. you're going to college and you're studying English. Yeah, yeah, and I have no friends and I'm, I can't well, find my circle. And Oh, really? Uh, you're a loner person? Totally, Do yeah. people hate you? I, I, I didn't know how to make friends. Yeah. I still don't. Yeah. I still don't. So what shifts for you to make you decide to go back to acting? Well, <clears throat> what was the plan? Uh, so I, I was a fifth year student. Okay. Yeah, I did that. You did? What did you I major in? English. You did? Yeah. I did five years undergrad. The uh, last semester was nothing did but you like college? booze and three classes. Yeah, I liked it um, because I was in- interested in a lot of things, and I was able to do a lot of them. Like, I, I did some acting. I did some writing of plays. I wrote for the paper. You know, I studied film. I wrote poetry. I edited the literary journal. Like, I Damn. had very sort of broad. I didn't excel at all of them, but I, I definitely took the time to try things that interested me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why were you there five years? Uh, I kept changing my majors. Yeah. Then I, I did a, a horror movie my final year of, of college. Yeah. As I was planning on moving to London and I was going to... What were you going to do there? Um, I was going to work at this ad agency. So um, the acting was off the table, really? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I still... I was able to make, like, if I got a gig in Seattle, like a training video. Oh, Yeah. Or whatever. You're doing that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yep. And, uh... So there's some industrials with you out there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you have them? <laughs> what happened to those? Oh, Why aren't they online? Oh, man. Where are the Anna Ferris industrials? Days. That was my more dramatic work. I did one for some insurance company where yeah. um, it's like a nurse training video where uh, I'm a patient that gets told that she has cancer. And, uh... I had to do this whole arc, yeah, in like thirty seconds. It truly, it was it was it was some better masterful, work. masterful. Yeah, I like to think so. You had to do a whole arc from. Oh, and the director really pressed me. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you so had your to... life is ending right now. Really? Yeah. I was like, oh god, I gotta get there. I gotta get there. <laughs> yeah, did you get there? I think I did. Yeah, and what know. what was the copy? Oh, it was like, wait, what I. I, I have cancer, I, I don't, but I don't understand. And the nurse was like, "Okay, but here, and you know, here are the next steps that you need to follow. Ugh. It's you know, and and whatever, whatever. Like I wasn't even listening to her. I was too in my head. Like I just I can't. Oh. Anyway, mm-hmm. I think my character got over it. Yeah. Um, but uh, then I didn't I, read the reviews of that one. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> then I uh, yeah. So then I I got this horror movie and. I you got the horror movie in Seattle. Yeah, so I you, was a local hire. I was a cheerleader. So you canceled the London trip. <clears throat> canceled the London trip. Going to shoot a movie. Well, uh, the movie was in Seattle, right? But uh, after I did the movie, I canceled the London trip. Um, and which movie was that? Lovers Lane. Please don't look it up. I'm not going to. You look. You you're already like on your mouse or something. I just want to make you know. I want to know how it all begins for you. And Lovers Lane was the first movie. Well, I don't know if you're counting Deception of Mother's Secret, which was the movie of the week. Um, was that before? <laughs> that was before. <laughs> and were you, what was that when you were a child? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I said tuna fish, yuck, or something like that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Do it again. Give me a different reading. Okay. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> but see, the undercurrent is that I really like tuna fish. Uh-huh. Tuna fish, yuck. That's good. Tuna fish, Yuck. Tuna fish, yuck. Ah, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Great. 
That's great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> no, but then, it, yeah. I, so I, after whoever's Wayne, you moved to LA? Yeah, I decided, um, I don't know. It just felt like, what the fuck? Like, I, if I have nothing to lose at this point. And your parents were supportive all the way through? They were. Hmm. Which was pretty amazing. I mean, the, and I think it's because they were they were pretty naive. And I I was very lucky that I I landed into I I I, I had a meeting with a great manager who's still my manager, which I don't know how I who's pulled that? those strings. His name's Doug Wald. Uh huh. And he's great. And you met him after Lovers Lane. After Lovers Lane, he agreed to meet with me. I like I pulled a couple of strings in Seattle, and you know, and then my mom gave me some miles to fly down to L.A. to meet to meet um doug and you know and I, I didn't know what the fuck i was doing but then i went back to L, to seattle and i was slowly packing up my things in edmonds to move yeah and i thought uh, you know all right i'll be uh, i'll wait tables i'd done that before yeah and if i'm totally unhappy you know who knows maybe i can maybe i can write a novella that won't get published and you're like 21 years old yeah yeah, and uh, but then I, I ended up getting scary movie, and that changed everything. Yeah, although <laughs> you funny. did three of them, four of them, four. Yeah. Oh, not five. I didn't see I the last three. What? <laughs> no, of course I did. Oh, I of course. Yeah. 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 So you're known That's for your right. research. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, by the way. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> quick skim. Didn't do a quick skim. Don't want to miss any big yeah. moments. Yeah. Yeah, but scary movie was a big moment. Did you know it was going to be that big? No, it was. It was. I don't uh, think anyone knew. It was like one of those, like, what the fuck? Oh, complete. I mean, and I, you know, I didn't even know what a mark was. I yeah. didn't know the first time Keenan, a director, called action. Keenan Ivory Wayans. Yeah, I turned to my co-star and I was like, I don't know what, do. I don't know what to do. And he was like, Say your line. Which co-star was this? Um, that was Johnny Abrams. Yeah. And anyway, yeah, it was. Uh, and I thought, I just the whole time I was, I was just scared shitless. And I thought, I'm going to get fired because I'm not funny, and I don't know what I'm doing. Uh -huh. And everyone else seems more glamorous and more experienced. And even though it felt like a, like a large paycheck, it, I, I knew this is where I wasn't naive. I knew that it wasn't large enough to keep me sustained. Yeah. For a life. long period of time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no way to have a life. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, but you didn't, but you had some acting training or none? I did a, a little bit, but... Um, when you were a kid? Yeah, when I was a kid, but I have strong opinions about... about therapy and acting training? Not so much therapy. Listen, I concede to you on the therapy okay. issue. Okay, all right, fine. I need it, all right? You haven't conceded that whatever happened on your podcast was two-sided. <laughs> But, okay, so let's talk about <laughs> acting classes. Um, I think that uh, um, sometimes it can uh, sometimes it can be a little too manipulative and and people make, should like or like our class, like anything. Like make you too self-conscious. Uh, yeah, yeah, or you stray from your gut. Mm -hmm. And I think anytime an actor sort of strays from their gut, uh, you know, it, yeah. it, it, it has to be very gently massaged. You know, yeah. it should be like a pottery wheel, right, or something. No, I get that. I, I that makes right? sense to me. You, well, you... I, I tend to believe that you, you know there that there, a lot of it is natural, mm -hmm. and and you know how to use what you have naturally is is really the trick. You know what's going to get you through. And but you do fairly, I mean, you can really do characters. 
Thanks. You know, so like, you know, I haven't had that experience. I haven't had a job like that as an actor and I'm not that, you know, kind of green, but I haven't had to really kind of make a completely different person. I think that, um, I, I, I think that also sometimes acting classes can destroy confidence, which is, um, you know, that's, it, you, ha- you have to, you have to have the ability to feel brave right. or at least pretend like you feel brave. Yeah. Um, fake but, it, fake the fearlessness. Yeah, I remember I was, I was uh, up for this pilot, my first pilot after I got Scary Movie, and I finished Scary Movie, and it was my first pilot. It hadn't Scary Movie hadn't come out yet, and I it was down to myself and two other girls. It was for Carsey Warner. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, anyway, whatever. But I, um, I and you, you know, when you are at that point, you sign your contracts. Oh yeah, and everything, up front, and, yeah. and you're like kind of. Like the other girls are sort of sizing you up, and I'm just like sweating. So you've gone through all the original initial auditions. Exactly. Now this is for the this studio, is for the network, yeah, for and the everybody. Network, yeah. and, and so you walk into a room, and there's like you know, yeah, forty people, right, or whatever, and it's all just fucking terrifying. And uh, and so I did my audition, and then I I left the room, and the casting director followed me out, and she said, "Okay, so on it, they like you." She probably said Anna, but that's fine. I'll, I'll let it go. <laughs> yeah. But she was like, so they, they like you. Yeah. But I want you to come back in. Yeah. And I need you to be way less nervous. <laughs> I was like, I could feel my neck like starting to shake. My whole head is trembling like yeah. I'm one of those wobbly skeletons. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, I went, I went back in. And I, I, I remember having this thing of like, okay, now I have to pretend to be a character who's trying to beat another character, but the original character is not nervous. <laughs> that was the trick you played on yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Did it work? Yeah. <laughs> I, I did? Got, I got the role. You did? That was such a bitchy thing for me. Well, not bitchy, but I did. I did. I got the role. I got the role. The pilot didn't go. Right. Were but, there a uh, lot of those? Like pilots and opportunities that didn't happen? I've been rejected probably so many times that I, and I have no idea even like when like the rejection happened like four months before I even knew of the opportunity, you know, like (laughs) some, you know, my agent calls a producer is like, well, what do you think about my client? They're like, nope. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And they don't tell you that's their job to lie to you. But I mean, after the scary movies, then like you, like you did other movies and you did movies that were kind of real like, you know, scary movies, its own thing, that genre, right? But you do Lost in Translation, you do other movies where you're, you're really um, kind of digging in. What was the plan? Because it seems like after a certain point. Pay rent. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But I, I, I never felt uh, like I still struggle with the idea of comedy. I'm not, it, it never felt like a natural But that's your, that's your jam, really. I know. I, but they, I so that wasn't, that you didn't want to do that? No. No, I mean, well, listen. I I was happy to be able to do faces and say words yeah. and right yeah, and but go, I mean, like get the, an omelet like, every now and again. Well, in translation, that character was like, you know, it. I guess it it, it was kind of a funny character, but it was a real thing. Well, you know, I think that um, I feel really grateful. For a while, I I resented the idea of being in comedy because it it wasn't something that I had set out to do. And my mom would say things like, you need to be Amelia Earhart or Joan of Arc. Or well, Brokeback Mountain, that was like a big movie and weird kind of shut oh, down. Oh, yeah, but emotional. I have like 
I have like you know whatever maybe five lines in it but um but it was an honor to be a part of I of of those important movies you played the wife of that bearded guy right yeah right yeah but that like even for five lines because like I'm sort of up against you know maybe do like I'm doing a a small part but like it resonated I mean you you loaded up you were emotionally appropriate for that situation thanks I, I do I feel I do love it that um that I felt like uh I I got to be humiliatingly splashy mm-hmm. in, in some of these pretty great projects. And I think that, that you know, Keenan in the first scary movie, I think one time he saw me. This is this is a story that I remember in my head. I'm not I don't know if but I think one time he saw me sort of env- enviously looking at Shannon Elizabeth who was very sexy and and um and she has like a sexier role and and he like pulled me aside and he was like, you know, um you know that there's no vanity in comedy, right? And I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't about her at all. He just saw me struggling with my own insecurity a uh-huh. lot, and I really treasured that. Like, okay, so if you know, like, comedy is about being brave. Yeah. If, don't don't you agree? Well, the vulnerability that you show can, yeah, like, I think it's a mistake to think that comedic performances aren't insanely vulnerable yeah yeah because like you know people think like he's making everybody laugh but i mean there's a tremendous risk in that yeah and also you have to be willing to be laughed at totally totally (laughs) so i think that's what he meant exactly it's the release of like okay i'm going to work under the assumption and embrace the idea that the audience will think i'm a fucking fool Mm. and and because I remember like an early it's liberating comment. Yeah, it's liberating, but it's also humili- It's liberating to embrace the mentality of that. But it, yeah, I remember an early comment like on the internet was like uh, about Cindy Campbell, my character in Scare Movie. Like, um, I think that Ferris is as dumb as she plays, or something like that. Oh. And but and it did sting. But well, and then oh, so I was like, why am I reading this shit? But yeah. whatever. But but the idea that like you have to be okay with people wanting to project uh, like a certain idea of you you have to be willing well, yeah, or, to like, or, and also their own insecurities and their own bile and their own disappointment mm-hmm. their own shame you know mm-hmm. you just become the the sort of like uh effigy they're, they're sort of like you've become the the what they're going to project all of their own in, in right, right, right. and i think too it's i mean like, yeah. the whole culture is like that now yeah but and uh, does how long did it, it take to get over that? Um, like to to really detach from it, because um, it still stings a little bit. But you don't have to engage in it. You just kind of let it be. Y- yeah, and I, well, I also feel really grateful that uh-huh. my journey has been like comedy. Like even though that was not something that I set out to do, nor do I think that I'm, sometimes I think I'm okay at it. But yeah, because it's so challenging to in to sort of reinvent an idea or a joke or a moment um like to like even to to get hit in the head yeah. it's hard it's like yeah. to to sort of give yourself out up to a simple moment um which isn't simple it's like is it's it's incredibly difficult and it's hard to um Com- comedy is about like uh, there's a constant evolution of it, yeah. And so it's sort of like how do you 
what is the and I I sort of I enjoy that challenging element of it. Well, you like it's a it's a gift to be you know physical comedy is not anything you can really learn. You know, either you have an instinct for it and you can build on it, or it's just like you can't do it, right? And I you know and you're good at it. Thanks. I don't think I. I don't no, think I, I think you I'm are. I'm just willing, Mark. I guess, There's but a like, difference. no, but like the timing <laughs> like, thing. Right. Willing's well. fine, but you can't just will timing. Do you know what I mean? Like even in that, like that that movie you did um, with Ryan Reynolds is like a weird guilty pleasure of mine. I oh, love, thanks, just friends. I love that movie. Thank you. I love him. I I love him too, and He's I another, loved this, playing that role. Of the the weird Britney Spears oh, character, God, it was so delicious. It was yeah. so fun. It was like I was getting to express like. Ugh, everything obnoxious that I <laughs> attempt to not do, even though I probably do it all the time. But God, it was. There's this moment where I'm like, "Stupid dick," yeah. and I just, ugh, I was like, "What fucking actress gets to say this?" I yeah. love this shit. Um, and he's yeah. very, he's another gifted physical comedian. Like, there's some yeah. people that can just, it's innate. He's a great. I, we like some actors are very internal which is very yeah. much appreciated but he's he's great with like volleying the volley of like like he, he oh, right, like right, we would yeah. like kind of stay with each other right. and improv together and yeah. he would be like we would be just sort of calculating each other if it was awesome and there's this particular thrill when somebody's great at that that um where you can you just get, get that thing going yeah. that banter we, and that that's connect. what we had during my podcast yeah. and i think we had it today you and ryan you and I. Yeah. No, I think so. Yeah. That, so that's what it was. <laughs> See, now you are looking me steadily in the eye. So, it, but I was diverting yours. I'm yeah. sorry. So it was two sided. Yeah. 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 I think so. <laughs> Listen, now you're diverting again. What do you mean? No, I'm saying that you just admitted to it that it, like that's what we were doing. <gasps> oh shit! You caught me right in your trap. Yeah. This Took a while. Listeners. An hour this later. Is the- Mark Maron Spiderweb. <laughs> well, I'm like, in his dungeon. I wasn't. The lights insi- are off. I was not insinuating anything other than a hammer and a knife. I wasn't insinuating other, anything other than we had a connection and it was good. Mark it was fun. has a it was fake fun. bandage on his finger. He's pretending to be a victim. No, I smashed my finger in between <laughs> two dumbbells today, and I think I might lose my nail. <laughs> and it woke me up to reality. What was it? What was your awakening like? Well, you know that moment right before you get into a car accident? You're like, this is going to happen. That's true. So, like, I didn't see this happening, but when I took my finger up, it was like, what (laughs) the fuck? My nail's fucked. Because you're right. There are moments, like, when you're in labor or when I was just thinking about that. Like, when I hurt hurt my nail, I'm like, it's kind of like having a baby. And you're so right about the car accident (laughs) thing. It's like, oh. But tell me about that, the labor thing, because I did think of that. Like, like, I I was sort of like, I realized immediately, because I hurt that finger, too. Right? Yeah, but I realized immediately this is minor. You'll deal with it. You might be, not be able to play guitar for a little while, but the nail thing. But like that, the labor thing, I can't obviously uh, imagine or, or properly empathize with. But it seems like holy shit. Yeah. Did you do it for real? Yeah, I did. I mean, and then How I had your an kid epi- now? He's six. He just turned six. Uh, you had an epidural. I did eventually, but they were. They, I was at Cedar Sinai, and they had a. Uh, like a crazy imp- like women were giving they had more births during yeah. a three day period than like ever in their history so women were giving birth in the hallway and uh, and I was I was put into an operating room for a yeah. minute and then I think my doctor pulled some strings or well, yeah. I don't know anyway but uh, it, it was it was crazy so point being I um I, yeah, I was in in labor for I don't know maybe seven hours before the epidural, 
And I and I remember thinking, I remember thinking a few things. Uh-huh. I remember thinking, I don't know how in movies yeah. women have the energy to scream. Right. Because there's absolutely nothing I can, I could, I couldn't possibly spend any more energy, like emitting anything like uh-huh. out of whatever. Yeah. You guys don't need to hear this stuff. I do. I like it. Yeah, well, it's... I, it's, I don't know about it. it I, I always thought, too, that I was always like, you know, whatever. I'm, I have a high pain threshold. I'm cool. Yeah. Anyway, but... Uh, but you, you had no idea. And then I just remember thinking during those brief moments when you're not having a contraction, like, don't you forget this, Varys. Don't you forget this. You were going to forget it just like your friends did. You're going to fucking forget this shit. And then, like, four years from now, you're going to be in the same position. <laughs> you're going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I was like... Remember the pain. Remember, you must remember this. Uh, but, you know... Um, and then you finally scream for an epidural. You start to question things about the necessity of pain uh-huh. during childbirth, uh-huh. which we can talk about later. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I know, that, that sounded cryptic, right? Well, I just how- don't want to get into, like, sort of my cynical thoughts about religion and gender and everything really yeah i really don't because i do have to pee and i do oops and i do think that you have to probably pee go. i have to pee too i do too yeah well, you have a bathroom right there right? yeah why don't you pause it and i'll pee and then you can think about my uh the, how we ended? questions <laughs> okay we ended. okay you go ahead and pee. this was very good iced tea all right i'll check my messages this is quick. you're amazing <gasps> okay let me know if you get anything good so wait, where's your partner now? She's got her own house. Oh, how long have you guys been together? Four years. Does she look close? Yeah. You keep a Bible in the bathroom? It was just in my books, and I was in there. I thought I'd take a look. How would it go? And I always get lost immediately when I read the Bible. Like, what do you mean, lost in thought or lost, like... No, it's just the language of it. It doesn't appeal. It doesn't... I can't wrap my brain around it. All right. Oh, yeah, thank you. That was really sweet of you. Did we just talk while you peed? Yeah. Great. Okay, do you want me to talk? You can. I'm having a little trouble because of my finger. All right, I'm good. Okay. I just didn't know if you get uncomfortable if somebody listens to you pee. (laughs) Let me just get it going. (laughs) You can do this. You've been doing it all your life. Uh, <laughs> you didn't really make noises that related to your pee. No, I I wanted to uh, distract you, you know. Oh, from hearing you pee. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> do you? Are you? Um. Why do men like to be peed on? I don't like to be peed on. Yeah, but can you speak for your gender? Huh? Can you speak for your gender? Why do some men like it? I think it's a humiliation thing. Some guys, especially guys who are in positions of power, enjoy being humiliated in a sexual situation. Oh. It turns them on because they don't get enough of it. Oh. I think something like that. So, that was good. I actually realized that I was recording it all on my backup. So, I'll leave it up to my producer. Great. (laughs) 
as to whether well, or not Mark, that was good radio. But Mark, well, tell me about your cynical views on religion I and can't. you can't. Oh, because of the. I just well. You think people pick it up? Yeah, and I right. also I also they're not they're they're very personal. Okay. With, with um and I and I don't want to be judgmental towards. Right. Uh, listen, I you know I, I. You don't have to. It's fine. I, Keep them to I, yourself. I believe in empathy and. Um, you know, good, whatever. Doing good things. But we were getting to a more interesting subject, which, which is, is why men enjoy being peed on. Uh, we're back on morning radio. I don't know what you're talking about, Anna, but uh, I maybe Charlie does. Charlie. What do you Yo, think? what's up? <laughs> what Yo. Do you, what do you think? You ever had a woman pee on you, Charlie? Oh, fuck yeah. And why do you do that? Oh, Zig. Here's the thing. Yeah. I just love like a good fucking golden stream, man. Yeah, but what do you think that comes from emotionally? Where is it like, why do you like that? It makes me feel like I'm getting ejaculated on by a hot fucking girl. Uh, okay, I gotta, gotta dump the fuck on <laughs> Yo, that Yo, Mark, one. what the What's fuck? Up? All right. Oh, man, you know you love a good stream. Right, Anna, are you still on? Hi. <laughs> I could have done better with a little more prep. Oh, sorry. I don't know who that guy was. Yeah, he he was close. He was close. <laughs> Next podcast. So you you're hey. getting along good with your kid. You're getting along good with your ex. Yeah, everything's wonderful. Oh, okay, I didn't expect anything real there. Yeah, you're in an exciting new relationship. That's good. Yeah. And the show's doing well. This is the fourth season. This is fifth. Six. Fifth. Six. I love your. Huh. I love your research. What do you want from me? I was here. I told you yeah. what I do this for to yeah, connect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we connected. You, but by the way, you're still wiggling like you have to pee again. You're exhausted. I'm. Ex- I've exhausted. You. No, I'm not exhausted at all. I always wiggle. Will you, why don't you uh, like close us out with a little tune? I will later. I'll add that in. <sighs> all right. Fine. Okay. So, <laughs> season six. Oh, is this the promotional part? I didn't know we were supposed to do that. Allison Janney's fun to work with, right? Yeah, no, she's amazing. She's you guys amazing. got a good thing going. Yeah, you know, I, I'm so I'm so lucky. I love her so fucking much. You do. Yeah. Do you learn from her? Well, yeah. I mean, you're both so good, though. Like you, like why? What if someone offered you a serious role? Would you I enjoy feel that? Like if I because I do learn from her, but I always feel like if I talk about that, it um, it <sighs> what. Because I also I feel like we are best friends, uh, like contemporaries, and I. Do you have that thing, the back and forth thing with her? Yeah. That's oh yeah. Good. yeah. I can feel we that. We have we have like, anytime I get to do a scene with her, it's like it's like we're dance partners. She and seems like a like a really solid professional, but very engaged um, performer. Like I get when you watch your, it's sort of like. You're watching something that is thought the fuck out. Yeah, it's it's so true, and <laughs> yeah. and she's she's also just such a great person. Yeah, and that's nice. We have like I think it's, I mean you know what it's yeah. like sometimes with long term working relationships. Sometimes it, you know whatever. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Sometimes it's sort of like see you tomorrow and that's it. But we're uh, close. We're really really close. And in fact, she was telling me that um, you keep bugging her to come here yeah but she uh she told me to tell you to fuck off hmm like the, are, are you paraphrasing <laughs> or was it really that <laughs> she probably did say that <laughs> it, actually now that i think about allison jenny why wouldn't she say exactly that it's fine you no, know no i love i just love her so much why doesn't she want to come on 
She just doesn't do these things. No, she does. She's done mine a few times. Well, that's different. You guys are best friends. <laughs> um, Why the hostility, though? Why the <clears throat> fuck off? I Did think she say people, it comedically? People are specifically intimidated by your podcast. No, I agree with that. You do? Uh-huh. Okay, why? Certain people. Why do you think? Because I think, like, certainly with some actresses, like, why would they? You know, like, why would they sit and talk for an hour to, you know, to fuel anything out there? You know, like, you you, you had to stop yourself from talking about something. You do a good job at diversion and being funny and stuff and, you know, wandering from the point for whatever reason. <laughs> so, you know. That, so not and, staying on target. <laughs> So, but that is something I, I understand that that actresses in particular have to be more protective of their shit, and also like you know a lot of them don't like actors in general. A lot of them don't don't want to reveal you know what's behind their particular talent, which but, is fine. But you're but you're right though that there it is it it, it can feel exposing to right to to talk. But I but I, I what bothers me is I don't want you know actors or anybody thinking that I have a specific agenda or that I'm looking I'm certainly not out to sandbag anybody no. or make anybody look bad but I just think it's a general sort of apprehension of like the hour long interview right that's too candid well and also but, you know as you know like we have people that we work with um, that get terrified of this kind of thing that somehow if I slip or say yeah, something that right. my you know, whatever that I'll get like raked over the coals. But the weird thing is, we would take it out. Like if you drove away from here and had second thoughts about anything, you know, I, you know, you, you would tell me. I tell my producer, and be like, okay, that doesn't go in. Should I have second thoughts about something I said? No, but I feel but, like you've said some of it before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you listen to all my interviews. Fuck you. No, oh, you just like, think I'm well versed. No, I just I. You know, oh, like, you know. fuck you. I guarantee you, like, what would you think we'd need to take out? Like, if you were really to think of anything that you said, there's not one fucking thing. Um, nah, I think I, I think I skirted okay, but you didn't, you were, you were, you were kind. Skirted. See, that's what you do. That's your professional Mm -hmm. skirter. Pivot? Pivoter. Uh Uh-huh. And truthfully, you know, I wish that this could be a form where I could... It's like we're eighty percent there. Like, I, Me and I you wish or culture, well, like, culture yeah, people. That, like, I feel like I, I would love to be able to tell you all of my like intimate thoughts about relationships and religion and kids and uh-huh. whatever. Um, and and Will I, you save that for your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a big promotional ploy. But but you know what I'm saying. It's like you, you, it's part yeah. of protecting the people around you. And also, and why why do it <clears throat> if you you know if you don't want to you know own it publicly? What's the point? There's no point to it. See, that's where I kind of disagree, though. All right, I think there is a point. I was watching Tiffany Haddish, whom I just adore, and yeah. she was like talking about smoking weed and yeah. whatever, driving on Jimmy Kimmel, and yeah. and I was like, good for her. Uh-huh. Like that's something that I would never talk about because I would be terrified that like oh there'd be haters out there being like oh she's a mom or what whatever <laughs> yeah no but like this is one of the issues so you are very aware because like there was a moment when we were just talking where you're like you know like you were about to say something and you said uh, I can't and you were talking to yourself 
Right. So you've been at this long enough to know, you know, even pre-clickbait, that, you know, if you say something because of your public personality, that, you know, it would just be a pain in the ass tomorrow or whenever this airs. Well, and also, you know, I, I took this, one of my most favorite acting jobs was, was this movie called Smiley Face, where um, a small indie and... Uh, and I'm stoned the whole time. Yeah. And and I loved playing it because the dialogue was so funny and it was such a weird it? character. Um, Dylan Haggerty wrote it and Greg Araki directed it. Uh-huh. And it's it was like a part written for a dude. Yeah. And that's what I loved about it. It was sort yeah. of asexual or whatever. But my mom, when I told her that I was going to do a movie about this stoner yeah. girl, she was like, but I, you are a role model. Which, uh, two things raced through my head which was like one mom did you see any of the scary movies because I am not a role model and two like so I had to tell her I I said mom you know I want to take roles that inspire me creatively and I don't want to be thinking about you and I love you and but I don't I can't have that a part of my decision making it's it's the sort of the search for a personal intimate identity and then your the public pressure to or whatever it is to to have another persona or to be um good or maintained or whatever it is mm-hmm. um and, and yeah do you I have that know. voice of your mother in your head anyways i try to let it go yeah but yeah i do and um, but you've done a lot of like you know i would say sort of sexualized and provocative characters yeah I, and I like to uh, make orgasm noises on my podcast a lot. You do? Oh, yeah. But does your mother listen? No. I told her not to. Yeah. And last year she told me I had a, <laughs> I had a book that come out, that came out, <laughs> come out. And she said, I'm going to give you a gift and not read your book. Wow. And I was like, thank you, Mom. Thank you so much. Because there's a different expectation level, I think, for women, too. They always wanted me to be a virgin um, forever. Yeah. Um, they did, actively? hmm Which is odd for non-religious parents. I yeah. Think. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what they were. If they weren't religious, they were still sort of controlling, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. But supportive. Yeah. Protective, you said. Protective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand all those pressures, and, and, and it is, a, I guess, a tough place to be. And I think that my my experience with it is even the best at it, who I've talked to at managing their image, even when they pull it off, they will be pulled apart if they are popular enough, uh, you know, for bullshit. Well, it, it, that's, that's the thing. It, that's the struggle. It's like full ownership. So, it, because now with social media... Um, it's it's very transparent how um a celebrity is perceived and it's easy to tell i think if um there's a certain image a simplistic image being projected Uh uh-huh um and so because they'll hold you to that it's either like whole like go big or go home a little bit oh right so either but i'm still like maintaining the middle line sort of yeah and they still come after you yeah for whatever you say yeah that's a, like, but but why you? I don't think I. I don't know. I don't. And also, you're in a, like a celebrity relationship, which puts a lot of eyes on it. Like you know, like that you'll never get out from under that. Well, in the yeah. press, you know what I mean. Like yeah. in terms of their intrigue. Yeah, yeah. 
I did this. Uh, I'm really proud of this. Yeah. Because I never have a good comeback. Um, but I did this podcast uh, like I don't know, maybe a year ago, and uh, and we played like some p- silly games, whatever. Yeah. Like we're fucking around, and and it's all light and. I'm promoting a movie and blah, blah, blah. And at the very end, uh, <clears throat> the dude was like, so tell us about, like, Jack. How is Jack dealing with... Um, he said, he's, That's your kid? He, yeah. He prefaced, he prefaced it by saying, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask. And he has this big grin on his face. And he's like, so, like, how is Jack dealing with, like, everything that's going on in your life? And I said, you know, I, I was politically, which and which is the truth, actually. It's yeah. the boring fucking truth, which is that everything is is great. Yeah. And so I, I go on for a minute, and I'm but I'm flushed because I wasn't quite expecting for this light, goofy thing yeah. interview to suddenly like pivot into right. that area. So I said, okay, but now that we're done with that, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask. How long do you go down on a woman for? Because it should be at least forty minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What did he say? He he couldn't talk. He was like, huh? Yeah. You got him, huh? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but it felt good, at least in that moment, to be like, okay, don't preface it by saying I got to be doing my job. I, like I it wouldn't be doing my. Like, what the fuck? Right. Come but, on. But so like the struggle is to sort of you want to have a private life, but you'd like to own you. you I, I imagine you do own who you are in your private life and with your friends. But why do you you know why do you owe that to the public? I think that, and and this is where it's it's hard for me because I do like to escape behind characters, mm-hmm. which is why I like to act. So it is hard the idea of the expectation of people feeling like they um need um all information yeah um especially the bad shit yeah but but at the same time i i do understand it because i do understand wanting to go to a movie or watching a show because of somebody that you root for yeah Uh, like personally you know i i get that i get that completely because i'm the same way so it's really um well that's it there is that you know because of the nature uh, like there's a lot of actresses that you know just live their lives right but because somehow or another at a certain point because of your relationship or or whatever you know you became one of these subjects you know like they're you know paparazzi and and the tabloids aren't following around every actress you know they're not you, you know there was just some you were one of the people i always felt like I was wonder I, I like I consistently made like stars without makeup. Yeah. Like and there I am in sweats, you know, whatever, eating a burrito. Um but that's good. You can handle that. It, sort of. Mm. And then it's like, well, that sure doesn't look flattering. <laughs> but I don't know. I think I I don't want to portray myself in a false yeah. way. Right. As though like because I clearly don't have my shit together. I like. You have a lot of shit together. I didn't shower today. What the hell has that got to do with anything? I don't know. No, My but hair I mean, feels kind of greasy. Just you're showing up for work. Sailor hat. <laughs> but you're showing up for work. You do a you know a network show. That's a lot of fucking work. You you know Thanks. do the job. You do a good job. You're managing being a parent. You have to co-parent. I mean, you know, these are things that you're showing up for. I mean, you do have a certain amount of shit together. You know, I I don't know why it is that 
the average, not average is the wrong person, but people who aren't in this business, you know, hold people in this business to a certain standard and they want to see them buckle somehow. I mean, we all deal with the same problems that everyone else deals with. They, you know, but for some reason you become an example just because of your fame. Well, I think, you know, we're so lucky to have like good, you know, good fortune in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but I, not to not to continue to promote my podcast, Mark yeah. Maron. Yeah. But uh, but that's been a wonderful thing too. Is yeah. that realizing that so many of the questions that we get and the ca- the callers that we get um, are about the same issues. Which of is course. Like, does this person like me? Am I attractive? What am I doing with my career? And these are things that uh, like it's like the great unifier. At least in I have to. It's so lame when I say this but in developed nations mm-hmm. because it is like, yeah, there's people that actually have uh, real problems, hunger issues. Yeah. And <laughs> well, I think like the, the, also what makes you um, uh, appealing in, in, you know, in your work, but also like in, in terms of who you are is like I said earlier, and what I think we, what happened to us when we first met is that, you, you you can't hide your vulnerability. So like even in your acting and you know even how like and I think that that attracts oh. both you know uh, you know predatory bullying you know and but also a, a tremendous amount of of um, empathy from other people and also relatability. But like if you can't hide your vulnerability, that means the monsters are going to be like, oh look at that, we got her. But also most people are going to be like, oh she's like I understand her, she's like me and. You know. Thanks. Thanks for saying that because I I don't want to uh I don't want to live a life of high defense. Yeah. Um I mean I think I I do to some yeah, degree. Yeah, but, but 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 it's but you've figured out how to be charming and diverting, so that's great. You're doing a great job with that. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Thank you for wait, now now you just laughed. You're like <gasps> Well, I'm kind full of, of said, shit. I kind of said something funny. Oh, you did, but I wasn't listening. Oh, was too busy absorbing the compliment. I so think. how long do you go down on a woman? Because if it's less than 40 minutes, I don't think you're really doing your job. I know. You're completely right. But I am a union member. Oh, okay. So, so you got to do uh, it. I got to take a lunch break after yeah. 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> nice talking to you, Anna. Mark, thank you so much. That's so wait, a- which party favorite do I get to keep the hammer or the I'm going to give you a mug. No, it's a handmade mug. Fuck. Handmade. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. By Potter. All who right. lives in up he lives in upstate New York. Really? Now. Yeah. You give better gifts than I do. I don't remember. What did you give me? Nothing. Oh. Nothing? A hug? Okay. All right. Can I have the last word? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um thank you so much for inspiring me to start a podcast, which has now made my life slightly miserable but wonderful. I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> what? I thought I got the last word. I'm turning it off now. Fuck you. Okay, so that was fun, right? That was exciting. Emotional dance, wasn't it? Uh, as I said earlier, Anna Ferris is on the show Mom and It's Back. Thursday nights on CBS and her podcast, Unqualified. You can get wherever you get them. The podcasts. What not. Um, also, go to WTFPod.com to get tour dates. Buy one of the new t-shirts and sign up for WTF Premium to listen to all 
WTF episodes commercial free. Okay? And I got those Dynasty typewriter uh, theaters coming up there here in LA, LA. Small theater, October 4th and October 6th. You can go to WTFpod.com slash tour to, uh, to get tickies for that. Okay, I guess I'll try to play guitar with my other fingers now. Tall Wilkenfeld gave me a gift for my birthday. This echo pedal. I usually use pedals. I think she's gonna she she's got her mindset on um, helping me build a pedal board for my limited skill set. But uh, let's see what we got. Boomer lives. <laughs>